Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This word beginning, if you're taking notes, it means the origin or the originator or the source. In other words, Jesus is the originator or the cause of creation. John chapter 1 tells us all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 tells us, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. All things were created through him and for him. He is the source of creation. Jesus is saying to this church, what I am saying to you is relevant to my nature, and I am the one who is truth embodied. Now, listen, look at me. Give me your attention. Let me tell you a little bit about the history of Laodicea. It's A.D. 61. And in A.D. 61, in Laodicea, there was an earthquake that hit the city. And it wiped out the city. The city was so rich and independent that it refused any help from the Roman government. And out of their own resources, they rebuilt the city and they built it even more beautiful. The Roman government says, hey, let us give you some money. Let us help you to rebuild your city. And they were like, no, 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 that's okay. We got this. We've got enough money. We are rich. We can take care of this ourselves. And they rebuilt the city and they rebuilt it even more beautiful. Real estate was awesome in this city. They had large, beautiful homes in this city, many of which were owned by Christians. Laodicea, listen, was known for its textile industry. There was a particular breed of sheep that bred um, black wool, this jet black wool, this jet black sheep in this area. and And this wool was like this glossy black wool instead of white wool. And it was used to mass produce several different kinds of outer garments called trimata, trimata, T-R-I-M-A-T-A, trimata. And, and, and this was particular to Laodicea. This garment became so famous in the world, instead of calling Laodicea, Laodicea, they called the city trimataria. So anybody who knew about Laodicea and they knew of the city, you would walk up to somebody and say, hey, where are you from? They would say, hey, I'm from trimataria. Everybody knew that Trimataria was Laodicea because of this outer garment that they all wore and that they knew. Jesus is going to tell them that they need garments that are white. Are you kidding me? They need garments that are white. Laodicea was also famous for its medical center and its medical school. The medical school was known for its eye ointment. The eye ointment was called Tephra Phrygia. Thank you, Jesus. I remembered it. Tephra Phrygia. 
is the name of this eye ointment that actually came in powder form. And you could take water and mix it up or you could take oil and mix it up. And if you had an eye infection, you would put it in your eyes and it would heal. So Laodicea was 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 kind of a Bank of America, Nordstrom's and Duke University Medical Center all rolled up into one. Are you with me, my people? All rolled up into one. Now, the only negative thing about the city is that it didn't have its own water supply. The city's water was piped in from two locations. You take notes, number one, Hierapolis, and number two, Colossae. From Colossae, the cold water was piped into Laodicea, but by the time it traveled the distance, it wasn't cold anymore. It was warming or tepid. And from Hierapolis, where the water was hot, the, the hot water was also piped in. But by the time it reached Laodicea, it had cooled down so much that it was lukewarm. So saints, listen to me closely. I'm telling you all that to tell you this, that Jesus is choosing his words very carefully here as he speaks to this church. With their banks, they thought they were rich, but spiritually they were poor. With their wool, they thought they were sharp and decked out in the latest fashions from Nordstrom's, but spiritually they were naked. With their eyes sad, they thought they could see just fine, but they were spiritually blind. Look at verse 15 and 16 in your Bibles. Now Jesus goes straight to condemnation. Jesus says, I know your deeds and I know that you are neither what saints, cold nor hot. Is anybody reading that with me? Jesus says, I know that you are neither what? Cold nor hot. And in the Greek, it reads, Oh, how I wish there, there is a sense of, of, of heartbreak. There's a sense of, 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 uh, 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 my heart is breaking. That Jesus' heart is breaking. You know, almost like when Jesus said to Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, as he stood on the Mount of Olives and he looked over the Kidron Valley, over into the, to the city of Jerusalem, and he looked over and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not. And therefore, he could see their destruction in AD 70. His heart was broken there. Are you with me? And here his heart is broken as he says, oh, how I wish you were cold or hot. But because you are neither cold or hot, Jesus uses the lukewarm water to describe the lukewarm condition of this church. Now, the word cold, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It means to the point of freezing. Jesus says, you are as cold as ice. You are at the place of stony indifference. And the word for hot is the Greek word zestos, Z-E-S-T-O, zestos. And it means hot to the point of boiling. Like the disciples said, remember when they were walking and they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Zestos, did not our hearts burn within us when we talked to him? You see, this is someone who is fired up and hot and zealous. And Jesus is saying, I would rather you be as cold and stony as ice or so hot you are reaching the boiling point. But you are neither cold nor hot. You're lukewarm. You're tepid. Now, let me ask you a question. Are y'all listening? Is there anything more disagreeable than something that is lukewarm or tepid? I don't know about y'all, but I like my food hot. Where my hot people at? I like my food hot. There's nothing more disagreeable than 
lukewarm food. There's nothing more disagreeable. Somebody comes over your house and you say to them, uh, hey, come on in, have a seat. Would you like a nice cup of lukewarm coffee? You go, uh, no. If you could just uh, pop that thing in the microwave, that would be great. Nobody wants a cup of lukewarm coffee. Nobody wants a bowl of lukewarm ice cream. It's a hot day. What am I saying? What are you, what are you saying? What, 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 what are we talking about here? Who wants a bowl of lukewarm ice cream? It's hot outside. It's burning up. And you come, hey, would you like a nice bowl of lukewarm ice cream? You're going, uh, no. Thank you. Nothing more disagreeable than that which is lukewarm. Jesus says, I want you to be on fire for me or frozen cold, but not lukewarm. But because you stay in the middle, I will, King Jimmy says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now, new King Jimmy says, I will vomit you. King Jimmy says, I will spew you out of my mouth. I will spew. And think about that. That's not a word we use very often. Spew. When's the last time you used that word, spew? I mean, we don't really don't, nobody uses that word anymore. I mean, it's like spew. It sounds like a lady's word, doesn't it? Spew. Even ladies. You know when ladies' stomach's upset? Late, that sounds like a lady. It's a spew. Ladies spew. Lady, oh, my stomach was upset. I just had to go to the restroom and spew. This is a great Bible study. This is just great, isn't it? I just spew. You know, it's just like a lady's word, right? Guys, we don't spew. Guys, we vomit. Where my brother's at? We hurl. Somebody once said that they called it, they called it a gastric geyser. I like that. Or Mount St. Hurl. That's that's guys. We hurl. I mean, guys, we I don't spew. Like spew. No, that's not men. Men are like, mm-mm. <laughs> And stuff is just going all, all over the bed. Your head spinning around. I mean, we just, men, we just go at it. Why? Why does that happen? Well, listen, when, <laughs> when listen, when you vomit, you, what, what's happening here? What's happening? When you're, I don't know. When, you're, when you vomit, you're, you're violently, listen, expelling something from your body that is unhealthy for your body. And Jesus says to this church, there is something about it that is unhealthy for his body and that it makes him nauseated. And Jesus says, I want to puke. Jesus looks at the Laodiceans and says, you are neither cold nor hot and you're breaking my heart. And I wish you were, or were on one end or the other because at least there would be clarity. And the problem in the church today, Samad, the problem in the church today is that there's no clarity. Nobody knows. Everybody's saying they're a Christian, but nobody lives like one. We say we love Jesus, but we don't do what he says. Jesus said, if you love me, then do what I say. It is as simple as that. We want to make it all complicated. If you love Jesus, then you do what he says. That's it. It's not that hard. If you love him, you do what he says. You keep my commands, he says. But the problem in the church today is that we are saying that we love him, but we are not doing what he says. And thus to the world, there is no clarity. 
And perhaps in your life, if you feel unbalanced in your life, maybe it's because there's no clarity in your life. Maybe it's because you're trying to live in the church and live in the world at the same time. So you got one foot in the church and you got one foot in the world, which to me is the most miserable person on the earth. Because you got too much of the Lord to be happy in the world and too much of the world to be happy in church. But then I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there because that's the truth. That's the truth. And Jesus says, I wish that you were either on fire or just cold. But because you're neither hot or cold and you're lukewarm, I feel sick. There's no clarity. I think of uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel. First Kings chapter 18. We were just on Mount Carmel last week. And I think of Elijah as he's as just before he killed the 450 prophets of Baal and he gets the people together and he said to the people, how long will you go between two opinions? Or the King Jimmy says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then serve him. And if Baal is God, then serve him. Listen, you got to bring some clarity in your life. If you want to live a balanced life in Christ, there's got to be clarity. You got to serve somebody. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight. Can I keep it real? My people, I'm going to keep it straight. If you don't want to serve Jesus and you want to serve Satan, then serve him 100% with every fiber of your being. Do your thing, baby. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I said, I'm a pastor. I'm telling you. Do it. Do it. At least God can deal with you because he knows you're as cold and stony and indifferent as it comes. And he can deal with you. But if you are a Christian, then equally you serve Jesus with 100% of every fiber of who you are. Uh, The day I gave my life to Christ, 29 years ago today, I told God, I will serve you like I serve Satan. And I stayed up all night serving my flesh. I stayed up all night long and didn't go to work. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, y'all too spiritual. Okay, I'm in the wrong church, all right? Who knows what I'm talking about? Let's go there again. All right, thank you. I, I, served, I served my flesh, and I did my thing. I stayed up all night doing my thing. And then I went to work all day long. And I told the Lord, I said, if I can serve Satan with that amount of energy and that much zestos and that much zing, then when I become a Christian, God, I'm going to serve you the same way, and I will serve you until I drop. Because you've got to make a decision. There has to be some clarity in your life. You're going to serve somebody. You've got to make up your mind who you're going to serve. Now, in the Greek language, listen, there are two words for lukewarm. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The first meant going from cold to hot. And the other meant, you guessed it, going from hot to cold. Jesus used the word that meant going from hot to cold or you're cooling off. They lost their zeal. They lost their fire. They were cooling off. Question, are you cooling off? I mean, really, can you say today that I love Jesus and I am as excited about Jesus today as the day that I gave my life to Jesus? If not, then you've been cooling off. I remember when I first became a Christian, I told you I was a Jesus freak. I was a fanatic. I was nuts. I was crazy. 
I, the week after I gave my life to Christ, I thought, this is the best news anybody has ever. I've got to tell the entire world. I thought the whole week, I've got to tell the whole world now how I'm going to do this. So I got all dressed up in a suit and tie and look nice like I do right now. And, and, I, and I, I got all dressed up and I, and I went out on the street corner. And I started preaching the gospel. I'm standing there holding my big old Bible looking religious. I knew I looked religious, but I, I, you know what? My heart was in the right place. Of course, you know, telling people that they're going to hell is not the best way to win friends and influence people. That was my opening comments, as a matter of fact. I was like, hey, would you mind? Let me talk to you about that. You know, I just wanted to tell you, um, you're going to hell. Boy, okay, Jesus freak, coo, 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 coo. But I was on fire for the Lord. And, and, and you know what? I'm honestly happy to say that by the grace of God, I'm still in that place. I remember when I became a Christian, I remember a Christian telling me, oh, you'll cool off. You'll cool off. Anybody, anybody tell you that? Oh, you'll just cool off. Let me tell you something. If you want encouragement, do not, I repeat. Do not speak to Christians. Christians are a bummer. Where my bummers at? If you're a bummer, please stand to your feet. Christians will tell you. And he told me, he said, oh, you'll just cool off. I mean, you'll cool off. What kind of thing is that to say to somebody? When in fact, the Lord doesn't want you to cool off. He may want you to sober your message a bit and, and maybe take that zeal and apply some knowledge to it. Yeah, apply some knowledge to it so that, you know, that you're being effective and not insulting and crass and, okay, fine. But God doesn't want you to cool off. God wants you to, maybe you're here today and you're, and you're, you're, just, you're just cool. You're just cooled off. You've cooled off. I don't know why you're cooled off. Maybe you've been in a church at some point and never challenged you in this area. And over time, if you're not in the word of God, you're going to cool off. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to cool off. And after you cool off, you're going to backslide because that's just the way the flesh works. Or maybe something happened and you, and you thought it was God's fault. I don't know what the thing is and I don't know what the deal is, but God knows what the deal is. And he wants you to be on fire for him. Now, how did they get to the place of being lukewarm? Well, first of all, in verse 17, go ahead and look at it. Compromise. Compromise. I mean, think about it. How do you get lukewarm? Think. How do you get lukewarm out of the tap in the kitchen? Well, you've got to turn on a little cold water, and somebody help me, and a little hot water. If you have a single-handle kitchen sink, you have to keep it right in the middle. And if you do, the result will be lukewarm or compromise. You become lukewarm when you live in the middle. You become lukewarm when you sit on a fence, and somebody once said that fences make terrible seats. You'll get that on the way home. They do. They do. They make terrible seats. So you start to become stony because you're compromising. You're lukewarm. You start to become stony and indifferent and in this place of compromise. The second reason they were lukewarm was because of self-sufficiency. Notice they were a professing church. You say, I am rich and have need of nothing. And remember, that's what the city said when the earthquake hit. They said, we, we, we need nothing. We, we got this. This smug, self-sufficient, complacent church thought they had it together. They probably had a beautiful church, both speakers. 
stadium-style seating, celebrities and famous preachers coming through in great choirs. They thought they were doing well. And the true witness looked at them and said, you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Notice they were also self-deceived in verse 17. They say they are rich and need nothing. Jesus said, you are poor, blind, and naked. They would say, I am wonderful. Jesus said, you're wretched. They would say, we're marvelous. He said, you're miserable. They said, we're prospering. Jesus said, you're poor. They said, we're beholding. Jesus said, you're blind. They said, we're clothed from Nordstrom. Jesus said, you're naked. The Laodicean church represents the last day's apostate church. This church is popular and political and polished and practical, and it's run by the people for the people. The apostate church today hires and ordains homosexuals and lesbians as pastors. Yes, I said it. And I know it's not politically correct, but it's right. And it's true. Can I get a witness? It's right and it's true. The apostate church... This is what's going on. This is what the Lord is looking down and seeing in the world today. In his church, the church where he said, upon this rock I shall build my church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is what he sees. A church that has turned its back on him. The apostate church denies the inerrancy of the word of God and the divinity of Jesus Christ. The apostate church isn't talking about repentance. The apostate church isn't talking about sin. The apostate church doesn't want to hear the truth. They have itching ears. The apostate church is seeker sensitive. Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4. I'll read it from the King James, New King James Version, but you'll see it in the American Standard Version. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. This is what's going to happen in the end times. Notice in verse 18, notice the cure for their lukewarmness. Jesus says, exchange wretched poverty for pure gold by gold refined in the fire. Exchange your stark nakedness for white garments that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Jesus offers the robes of righteousness, the the, the righteousness of Christ. Exchange blindness for healing eye ointment. They prided themselves on their healing eye salve, and Jesus says, you need eye salve because you think you see, but you're as blind as a bat. And you need to anoint your eyes spiritually so that you can see. In verse 19, as many as I love, that's not the word agape, that's the word phileo. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. You know, listen, if you've heard nothing else I've said, listen to me. If you've heard nothing else I've said, please hear this. There is no depth to the love of God. Does anybody in this room know that? There is no depth to the love of God. You ought to be happy about that. And even though these guys have rejected him, he hadn't rejected them. You can walk away from the Lord, but the Lord won't walk away from you. He will send, somebody said, the hound dogs of heaven to chase you down because he loved them. He said, be zealous and repent. Repent means to have a change of heart, mind, and action. You were going that way, now do a U-E and go that way. You will follow the world, do a U-turn, and go follow Christ. To repent. And in verse 22, the summary statement in closing. The summary statement to this church is Jesus inviting them inviting this apostate, lukewarm, prideful, arrogant church to be saved. 
He says, I stand at the door and what? Knock. And he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Listen, I'm going to read you something. I don't want you to move. I want you to shut your Bibles. Don't zip your Bibles. Move your keys. I want you to listen at this, if you would, as we close. These interesting words are engraved on an old cathedral in Lebeck, Germany. And in many respects, I believe that these are the words of Christ to the church today. They read, You call me master and obey me not. You call me light and see me not. You call me the way and walk me not. You call me life and choose me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me might and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. Wow. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1 800 293 0923. That's 1 800 293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.